Hey there, my name's Eric, and this podcast is, I hope, a sort of digital stoa, a place to delve deeply into conversation with people of all kinds who are committed to making their lives or the lives of others as good as they can be. So we're here to explore a wide range of perspectives, practices, traditions, techniques, and maybe most importantly, the people behind them. Primal Nature is a podcast in the Psychedelic Retreat Center in Northern Spain. Today, episode two, is with Yuri Opendick, who's a Wim Hof instructor, Czech Institute holistic coach, yoga instructor, father, and to me personally, an inspiration. His humility and calm, his infectious smile, and really the obvious purity of his intentions make him what I consider to be a skillful guide. And he's definitely helped many people along their paths toward living a deeper and more fulfilling life. Today, we talk about his personal process of growth and development, his work as an instructor, coach, and guide, psychedelic medicine, fatherhood, and more. Yeah, man. When I so we met, what was that? Two years ago now, a year and a half, something like yeah. that, in Poland. And we we didn't even. I mean, we talked a little bit, but there were so many people there. There was so much happening. You know, I, I remember. I saw you and I was like, I like this guy. I like his energy. And I just like, give me your phone number. Let's, let's share contacts and, you know, we'll, we'll be in touch, you know? And, and I don't know, it's been, it's been really nice to see you. I mean, just, just through social media, basically following your progression and seeing how you're doing your workshops. You did the, the Paul check thing and just seeing you kind of taking off, you know, it's, it's been, it's been pretty cool to see that, that process. It's, it's been a it's been a journey, Eric, for sure. I remember that time when we uh, we sat at the table in the lunchroom in Poland, and um, there was a hundred people in the uh, group all together, right? And uh, you weren't in my group, yeah. But uh, I remember we were sitting and and you were telling me about rocket yoga, and I was like, yeah, you know, this is interesting, and you were showing me some. Um, some poses and what rocket yoga is about. I've never heard about rocket yoga before. And I got interested, you know, and uh, you were interesting to me. And so we connected. And then, uh, and then we didn't see each other for, I think, a couple of days because everything is just like going on and you know, all the groups are separated and doing their own thing. And then uh, I just hear stories about this guy uh, after the hike. And Leandre is telling me, this guy who did the, uh, the hike barefoot like really interesting <laughs> then i found out later that it was you <laughs> which is incredible so just a bit of context um what yuri and i keep referring to is a retreat we we both went on about two years ago in the middle of winter in poland with wim hof and a whole bunch of instructors i know there's about 100 people there from from all over the world and as the sort of grand finale, what they do is take you up the, a local mountain there covered in snow and you go in shorts and hiking boots generally. I decided to go barefoot as just sort of a personal challenge to myself. It was a wild experience for sure, um, really good one. But I'll get into that more in depth in, in another podcast. It's pretty awesome, man. Yeah, that was, that was a, a pretty powerful experience, for sure, for sure. For sure, for many people, yeah, and for each in their own way, it is uh, it's a beautiful, yeah. transformative experience for uh, for many of us. Yeah, yeah. Where would you, where would you say you're at right now? Like, 
are you in transition? Do you feel like you found kind of what you're doing? Like what, how would you describe where you are in your life right now? I definitely found what I want to do in my life. Um, I'm definitely on my path and I'm for sure in a transition for sure. Um, last two and a half years have been like that for me. I feel like I'm in a, I'm in a phase where I'm, I'm making some quantum leaps. I'm making some changes in my life and my lifestyle. And I have some ideas, I have some plans and, and I'm working towards them, you know, and things are happening at their own pace. And sometimes they feel like it's going slow or not, things are not happening. But in, when I look back at it, when I just uh, reflect on it, things are moving really fast. They're changing super fast. And, so you're, yeah. you're currently working as uh, you're like IT systems manager. Is that right? I'm a, I'm a senior systems engineer. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you live in New York city. Are you, are you like, are you freelance? Are you part of a big company? What, what's that like? I work for, for a big media company at the moment. Okay. Yeah. So I've been there for, uh, for about seven years now and, uh, had some really great success within the company and made some, uh, facilitates some uh, great projects in there and I'm, I have a great boss, a manager and some great guys there. Uh, but, you know, uh, things are changing, you know, with COVID, um, the, the situation in New York, a lot of things are, are uncertain. And so I am, um, I'm staying very focused on uh, my legacy and my dreams to, um, uh, to stay on, uh, to stay on my path. And, you know, uh, I always say this, you know, we don't have to do just one thing in our life. We don't have to be just a lawyer, a doctor, or we can be everything and anything, you know, it's, it's all, it's all up to us. There's no need to put a label and say, I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life. No, I'm going to do this and that and this and that and, and the other, who knows what else may come into my life so i'm i'm open and i'm just listening i'm just yeah. being uh, receptive and what what do you feel like what's what's sort of driving you to to make the changes you're making i mean so so when i met you you were you were a yoga instructor and since then you've done the czech institute training uh completed wim hof instructor training you've got evolve with yuri like one-on-one coaching uh groups as well i mean you've got you've got a lot of different things going on it seems like you're moving pretty quickly in this this direction, sort of away from the corporate world, away from I don't know, just the sort of the daily grind and getting more into that space of you know personal growth and development and and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, what do you what do you feel like driving that transition for you? I feel um, it's me being really in tune with my soul, with my heart, and with what I really want in my life, and so you know. Uh, about three years ago, I was asking myself that exact same question. What do I really want to do in my life? Because I had this uh, beautiful family, two kids and my wife and, and great job and good money. But uh, there was a yearning, yearning inside of my heart to really explore myself and really live my life fully. And the answer started coming in, in forms of information and feelings and and, and dreams and visions and I had to go to in India you know that was my it called me 
so I went to India and that I became a yoga teacher and then Wim Hof stuff came into my life same way same style same dreams and same feelings and and then uh, the holistic coaching with uh, under Paul Czech and his institute and uh, and it really you know inspired me you know women inspired me really inspired me then Paul Czech inspired me and these these men these beautiful beings um super knowledgeable and super connected they're inspiring me and so i'm seeing my reflection in them i'm seeing um i'm seeing you know my future self and uh, where i want to go and i want to you know i want to help people i want to inspire people just like i've been inspired and i want to continue this chain it's what we're here to do is to um to learn to grow knowing we have something to share it so that's what I want to do. I want to share what I know. Uh, it makes me feel really good. Uh, I feel like I'm doing something good for the world, for the people. I'm, um, I'm not just uh, some number in a company completing some uh, very important tasks, but they're just, they're just tasks. And the company is making a lot of money. And, uh, but I don't know who's really benefiting from it. I'm not sure about the real benefit from the work that I do. So this work has been really gratifying and, and uh, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm doing something important. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what is it exactly are you doing? Like, I mean, I've, I've seen a bit on, on social media and stuff, but like, where, where are you focused now? What, what kind of work are you doing specifically? So right now, you know, I have uh, some one-on-one clients that I'm coaching and um, they're in various stages uh, of their, uh, of their journey on their path. And so I focus on them individually. And uh, at the same time, I'm teaching yoga, uh, some group classes. And, you know, Wim Hof Method has been coming up lately. It's a really powerful tool. And, and I've been blessed to kind of intertwine my knowledge from my yoga, uh, from my yoga practice, holistic coaching, and other modalities that I've uh, experimented with on myself uh, in the past to bring them all together and share it within the Wim Hof method. And what I'm seeing is a lot of, uh, I'm seeing transformations. I'm seeing people let go. I'm seeing people release emotional trauma. I'm seeing realizations. I'm seeing changes in their lives. I'm getting a lot of feedback. And uh, it's just calling me. It's calling me more and more to do these group workshops and to travel and to share the method my way, um, kind of uh, with my flavor. And it, it's just been really awesome. I've been blessed to be invited to um, beautiful studios and these uh, exotic locations to travel and, and share the method. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. And do you feel like these are, I mean, people go to the workshop, they have a powerful experience, they, they learn a lot. Do you feel like they're taking tools with them that they're then going to be able to use on their own? Or is there something sort of, I don't know, specific and, and maybe, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, but it's like in, when you're in the group setting, uh, it creates a different sort of dynamic, a different sort of energy that's can be really difficult to replicate at home, you know? And so how do you, how do you sort of navigate that? Like, how do you try and make sure that people are, are taking with something with them that they can, can keep using? and to continue mm -hmm. that change? 
well, you know, everybody's uh, individual and unique, you know. I hope that everybody takes it, uh, something home. And I think everybody takes something home with them for sure. Some more than others, you know, you have to be ready for this work. And, uh, and from what I'm seeing, most of the people that come to my workshops, they're open and they're receptive and they're definitely taking the tools and, and I'm giving them the tools, you know, this is not like, uh, and I say this, I'm not the church, you know, I don't want you to come back every Sunday and make a deposit. Uh, you come to one of my workshops. I'm going to give you the tools. I want you to realize that you're doing all the work. I'm not doing anything for you. I'm just showing you and guiding you and sharing with you. But you're actually teaching yourself. You, you, you know, you're going within yourself. So, and that's empowering. You know, when people realize that, ah, hey, I can do this. It's me doing it. And then they go home and they practice. And sometimes they're successful right away. Sometimes not. But if they keep practicing and trying they're all successful it's all about practice there's just no like here uh, you know light switch i turn it on it's on i turn it off if i stop practicing i will lose it so use it or lose it uh mentality yeah, so definitely. it's all about practice definitely so just for for people who might not be familiar i mean what what is uh a workshop look like a Wim Hof method workshop just in sort of general terms you don't have to get into all the specifics mm -hmm. but so I usually start with um, a short introduction of myself and getting to know uh, everyone in the workshop and a little bit about themselves and then we get into the theory and the science behind the method which is the three pillars which is uh, as you know it's the breath work cold exposure and mindset training meditation uh, commitment um, then we have uh, our breathwork session and we go into the breathwork followed by uh, a short meditation. I like to leave a little bit of time so people have the time to, to just uh, relax and listen to some music and go deep if they need to in their own consciousness and their own thoughts and their own feelings for a little bit after the breathwork. And then we have a little bit of uh, a little break for a snack while we set up the ice baths. And then we have the ice bath experience. Uh, everybody gets to go into the ice bath uh, individually. Get, um, they get individual guidance, breathing in the ice bath. And uh, we close it off with, you know, integrating the whole day with uh, sharing some other stuff from other modalities of my development, yoga, holistic coaching, other things. And I give them uh, some beautiful tips and tools to take home with them. Uh, I call it the holistic approach. And then they get to ask questions and sharing. And, you know, every workshop is different. There is really no set outline and the energy is different. And, and it really depends on the people, how open they are, how receptive they are. And that is a reflection on me and how open and my energy, how I'm going to be reacting to them. So it's flowing always. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've, I've done quite a few workshops my, myself and I see that, like, like you say, people often do tap into something really deep inside and it's, it can be a really powerful emotional experience, you know, but I'm, I'm curious, like, how do you understand that? Because from the outside, you know, for someone who's never done a workshop like this, they have 
no idea what you're talking about really it's like okay we go in listen to some science do some breathing get in some cold water and like somehow i'm going to connect with my childhood traumas like how does that work you know so i i know this is there's a lot of different ways to understand it a lot of different ways to describe it i'm just curious what what your perspective is there like what do you think the psychological or emotional aspect is there going from breath work and cold into like our inner world how do we how do we get there what's happening i truly believe that and i truly believe this this is how i perceive it to be that once we get the mind out of the way the body naturally knows what to do so when it comes to releasing and facilitating that experience i encourage people to to be open, to allow things to happen, to let go, to experience, to witness, to just be, not to try, to get something that's stuck inside of them, kind of like force it out, just relax into it and allow whatever needs to happen to happen. And it may happen today, it may not, but if you're said that, that mindset to be just open and receptive uh, it, it just comes out whenever, whenever it's ready to come out yeah whatever needs to come out yeah it's it's like letting down your defenses you know i feel like a, a lot of times we live our daily life with so much structure and routine and just like you know kind of in a rush to get from one thing to another and getting things done and and we create these sort of internal barriers within ourselves. There's certain emotions we don't allow ourselves to feel, certain thoughts we don't allow ourselves to think. And we're just kind of, you know, just on a sort of practical treadmill, you know, with, with kids, with work, with whatever it is. And, and what you're describing really resonates with me. It makes a lot of sense. You know, I feel, I, I understand it in, a, in basically the same way where it's, it's a way to kind of just let all that go and, and connect with what we, what we have inside. You know, it's, it's almost like, um, it's like an accelerated form of meditation. Right on Eric. Yeah. It, it's pretty incredible what I've, uh, experienced myself also, how, uh, how powerful this modality is. It's, it's it seems like so simple, right. And it's so f- kind of too free, right. It's just available here. You can use this. But no, I'd rather go see the doctor and get a pill or an injection or see a psychiatrist or all that stuff, right? But but um, all it really takes is for you to um, open up and go inside and, and use these tools that are available and they're powerful. Yeah, I think the the, the challenge I see is is for certain people, not for everyone, but I think there are people who maybe it's their first time really opening up in that way. And I've, I've had experiences with some people where they, they, they sort of feel lost afterward. They're like, wow, I just connected with, with something so deep inside, something I didn't even know is there. It can be sadness or, you know, anger, or it can be this, I don't know, conviction, like I need to change my job or I need to change my partner, you know, whatever it is, something that, that they didn't know was there. And then it's like, okay, what do I do with that? You know, how do I, how do I move forward? You know, and I feel like that's in, in any modality. I mean, I come across the same thing in, in work with psychedelics, you know, it's like this really powerful experience. You're totally opened up. It's like, okay, how do I integrate this into my life? How do I make sense of this? How do I put this into practice? You know, I'm, I'm curious, is that, 
I mean, have you come across people in that sort of situation? Has, has that come up for you? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I feel that uh, most most people feel that because they they come to a workshop, they feel this connection, this unity, right? So they feel like either a release or or euphoria, or maybe something came up that's not didn't feel so good, but they felt safe, and they felt they were in a safe container with people that cared and community. Yeah. And then they go home and maybe they have, you know, uh, an abusive uh, partner or whatever their situation may be. They may feel disconnected right away and have all these kind of uh, negative feelings come up. And it is, it is that way. And, um, you know, what I try to do is offer them the, um, the opportunity to know that, you know, I'm here for them. They can connect with me. And I'm um, available over email or, you know, or text or whatever it is. And I can definitely share tools with them, how they can go on and, and continue on their path. And it may be with me, maybe with somebody else who's uh, locally in their, uh, in, in their, wherever they live or tools on the internet, the breath, the number one tool that we can always go back to is our breath, you know? But yeah, I, I, I do try uh, to give them the options. And yeah. It's up to them if they want to take them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That what you said about safety in the workshop, I think, is is crucial because that's I think that's like the necessary precondition, right? In order for us to really open up, we need to feel like we're in a safe place, like like we can do it. And in most of our day to day lives, I think most people don't feel safe. You know, you've got to keep up a facade, you know, not, not necessarily they're in physical danger, but, but there's expectations. There's um, yeah, there's, there's basically, you know, there's this personality you have to prop up and, and you can't show certain emotions. You can't behave in certain ways. You can't say certain things. And it's like, I feel like it's a, just being in a space where those rules don't apply, even if it's only for four hours, that is therapeutic. You know, that's, that's what some people need. That's just, just yeah. that, you know. Some people just need a friend. Yeah. They just need somebody who they can be themselves with. And that itself is the ceremony. That is the session. That is healing. And um, as, as I'm treading this path more and more, that's what I'm realizing is that people just need love. They want to be accepted. They want to feel noticed, not forgotten, not swept under the rug, or, you know, like homeless people are just, they just feel like they're not part of society. And there's them and there's us. So it's our job to make these people that feel they're outsiders to know that they're actually the insiders. I feel like an outsider too. So, you know, I don't fit in. I'm not normal. So it's not about being normal. It's about being that loving yourself. And you're great the way you are. You know, I like making friends. What else is there to do here, right? So we we gotta make friends. We gotta love on each other and uh, spread it. But what what else can we do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so you live in the states. I live in Spain. I'm from the States and from, from my perspective, um, it's such an enormous problem there. 
the, the society is so fractured. There's so much inequality. Um, so many people are, you know, free uh, in one sense, but incredibly isolated. And and like you say, I mean, they just they just need a friend. They just need someone to listen to them. And to me, it's so sad that what used to be the most powerful country in the world, at least, I don't know if it is anymore, but it has created a, a society in which people in general are lonely, isolated, depressed, anxious, um, sick, you know, to the point that just having someone listen to you for an hour is, is that's all they need. You know, to me, that's like, that's just really sad, you know, that the, the society can't, can't do better than that, you know, and that we have to rely on, on, on people like, like you or, or me, or, you know, people who dedicate themselves to trying to, to make things better to, you know, it's, it's a profession that didn't exist a hundred years ago, you know, because society was more close knit. You kind of stayed in, in your hometown or, or close by and, and they're, there was this in, inherent sense of community for almost everyone, you know, and, and I don't want to say like, we have to go back to the past. You know, I think there, there have been lots of advances and, and, you know, I don't know how to say, you know, uh, on balance, is it better or worse, but just in this specific realm of like psychological health and, and from psychological health spilling over into physical health as well. It seems like American society as it stands is just, it's got so much room for improvement. You know, I compare that to, to where I am here. I live in, in Basque country, which is, I mean, it's, it's a little pocket in Northern Spain with its own sort of unique culture and its own unique traditions. Um, and it's definitely not paradise, but, but one thing that they do have is really strong social cohesion. People have a really strong network of friends almost, you know, hundred percent of the time people tend to stay in their hometown, um, work you know, 10 to 15 minutes from their house. And I don't want to say it's, you know, everyone here is, uh, you know, completely free of, of psychological difficulties or, or, you know, um, you know, life isn't perfect in, in many ways, but when I compare it to the States, it's just such an obvious improvement in terms of having that sort of solid sense of identity and connection and people you can you can talk to and confide in you know and i guess i guess i'm curious to hear your perspective because i mean you're from russia you came to states when you were when you were 10 is that right mm -hmm. yes and and do you you go back there pretty regularly or i used to go back there at least once a year i haven't been back uh, these two years because of covid and there's yeah. a lot of travel restrictions, but yeah, I still my wife's uh, my wife has family there, yeah, and so I have some uh, friends, yeah, and some relatives, and so I love to go back there and see the transformation in Russia, which is ongoing, and they're they're making some leaps for sure, hmm. you know, just comparing from seven to ten years ago where it was it was very different, and but I'm just talking about you know the big cities, Saint Petersburg. St. Petersburg and Moscow, they've just really leaped forward incredibly. And how, how would you compare them in, in terms of that, in terms of like social cohesion, uh, you know, people's mental health, physical health, you know, do, do you feel like it's comparable? Or? 
Um, you know, it's it's different animal over there for sure. There's a different kind of uh, society, but I think what's what's happening across all countries, I mean, all the big countries, is um, the tribe mentality has been swept under the rug. It's been it's been taken away from the people. So the government has uh, come in and uh, been like the the big brother, so to speak. Trust me, I know what's best for you. And so people are being divided, uh, being divided into groups of Republicans, Democrats, uh, this religion, that religion, vaccinated, non-vaccinated. And so they're using these tools to divide people. And what's different, just to touch up on what you said, is that there is no, no more of that. But you have there in Spain in your little pocket, you have a tribe that really, um, there's a community right there. If you're in trouble, people will come out and help you. And if you have milk or there's water and stuff like that and meat and all sorts of things that are happening in the villages and small cities and it's still going on, but it's less and less, less and less. And so it's totally gone in, in big cities. So there is no tribe mentality uh, happening in, in New York or there's pockets of it being formed right now because people are realizing that how important that is, how important community is, how important it is to... Um, to trust uh, your own leaders within your community and work with them to, you know, enhance the lifestyle. And because obviously um, our, uh, our government has not been doing such a good job if you see so many homeless people on the streets and, and people hungry and, and sick and, and all that stuff. And I don't know if we want to get into that, but it is unfortunate that, uh, and what do we need to do, Eric? We need to play our role. Me and you and everyone like us who cares, who is not indifferent, who wants to be responsible for ourselves and for the people that we see meet on our uh, lives. We need to step up and build our own communities and build our own tribes and remind people that this is important, that we care about you. We don't want to throw you under the rug and we don't want to have you on the street and, and uh, just because you're not normal or a society doesn't think you're normal. I mean, there's something wrong with you. No, usually it's not, not normal people. They're the, they're the ones that you want to make friends with. Those are the ones that you want to listen to because they'll tell you things you've never heard before and they'll, they'll open up your world. Yeah, and I think uh, for the vast majority of us, I think... The only way to make change really is starting within and then spreading that out to the people around us, you know, and just like you're saying, just, just small acts of, of kindness, of listening, sharing information, sharing techniques and, and creating a, a sort of cohesive network or, or community of people that, that are dedicated to trying to make life better in some way. You know? It's, I think it can be easy to get distracted in, in, I don't know, sort of abstract arguments about politics and policy and, and all that stuff. And I, I don't want to say that's unimportant. I think it is important. But, but for someone like me who has, you know, I have my vote and that's it. Um, uh, I think that my most effective tool is, is definitely uh, my relationship with myself and my relationship with the people around me. You know, and, and if that is solid if that's healthy if that's strong 
then you know then it can expand and we'll see how far we go how powerful is that eric just to know that you have this connection with yourself and that you can you know that you can make a difference you know that you're actually making a difference and then you're making a difference in other people's lives and they're changing and they're going to make a difference in their lives and then hopefully in other people's lives so we are powerful we're all super powerful and then we forget that that oh you know i'm not gonna pick up the garbage in the street because you know everybody else is just gonna over you know overwhelm me there's just too many of of them and too little of, of me but in in reality you know every single deed that you do every single thing that you do and you deposit in the right bucket it makes a difference it counts yeah 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 and, and talking about that the, the right bucket you know so you said you you just started listening to yourself listening to to your heart and just have been kind of following this this other path just with a like an intuition or a sense that you need to to go somewhere else you know and i think how do you I guess kind of two questions on the one hand, it would be like, how do you think you started to, to find that for yourself or how do you help other people to find that for themselves? You know, for a person who's in a situation that you might've been in three years ago, right? Or you, your life is fine on the, on the outside, you know, you've got the wife, the kids, the house, the job, but something's missing. Right. And, and how do we sort through the noise and get to what really matters? uh-huh so i think this is a spiritual spiritual journey this is definitely a spiritual journey of, of my own that i've been on you know i've been i've been forced into many religions when i was younger and uh it's been a catalyst for me to uh to investigate and i've always had this feeling and that i don't want to do what i don't want to do and i don't want to bow when I don't want to bow or I don't want to put the candle there when I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it for somebody just because my mother is telling me that this is what you need to do. I mean, I've done it and then it was like so much rejection inside of me, so much resistance. Like it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel from my heart. It didn't feel real. And so, you know, I've been on this journey, on this spiritual journey for a long, long time since I was a young kid. And and uh, and then as I started getting older and uh, having all these experiences with different modalities and, and uh, plant medicine and, and seeing uh, what's out there, I started feeling, started feeling the truth. And, uh, and I started feeling, I um, started knowing what the truth is and the truth is that we are all that you know everything is everything and we are part of everything god is part of us we are part of god god is all around um that i don't need to go i don't need a middleman basically i don't need to go to church to um to be close to god i don't need to go to the synagogue 
to be forgiven or uh, any of this, any of those sorts, I, I realized that all those were just layers. They were just uh, clouds. And it took a while to really get there to see that. Um, one breath. So it's like a movement away from social prescriptions, from family pressure, from complying with sort of, I don't know, external guidelines and moving toward your own sort of inner compass, connecting more and more with what makes sense for me, what do I really want, what do I really need? And and just, I don't know, maybe building the the practice or the confidence or the courage or the strength to to start saying no to the things you already knew you didn't didn't really make sense to you and start saying yes to to what does make sense so thank you Eric. that's so beautifully put that you can definitely say things much better than me and i love you for it thank you exactly exactly just how you said it yeah <laughs> yes my friend it's it's been a, it's been a wonderful uh gratifying filled journey of uh, getting to know myself getting to know myself and really connecting to what do I really want what is what is right for me and living my life that way with my wife and my kids and I think we're on the same page and on a lot of things and most things and of course we have our different personalities and she does her thing I do my thing and it's beautiful and that's how I that's how I love it but um, yeah, we're both realizing that there is no rules. We make our own rules in this life and uh, we make our own normal. And the m- most important thing is for us to be happy individually as a family and, and all that. And if there is no happiness in our lives, then <laughs> we're doing something wrong. Yeah. Something wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that, man. It's so, I mean, it's so basic on the one hand it seems so simple but when you actually do it it's revolutionary you know that's something like you know when i was 16 i could have told you that but but i couldn't have done it you know and it's it's so interesting to me the way words are always so inadequate you know we say oh you know follow your heart it's like okay well what does that mean like how do i do that you know but it's it's all about these these little micro steps of like you were saying just you know just living the way you want to live and just realizing on a deeper and deeper level, like I don't need to make that compromise. I don't need to do this thing I don't want to do. And the more I listen to myself and follow what I need, the more other paths I'm going to open up. And the more people are going to see that, they're going to, you know, come to me. And you can create this this path that you're on of of, you know, helping other people and 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 showing them just a little bit further on down the path. You know, it's really it's beautiful how there's this sort of cumulative effect you know, or something that starts out really small with just maybe a realization or, you know, changing one little habit that can lead to another, to another, to another, to another. And then over time in this period of three years, it can be like, you know, completely radical transformation. You know, it's, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, it is. And, you know, to touch up on a little bit on uh, following my heart, uh, you know, the signs are always there for us. There, the universe is, is speaking to us and, Sometimes our mind, our ego wants something and we have all these plans made up and then boom, plans fall through. And 
you're faced you can either power through it and then change those plans and make sure and, and still go or still make it happen or you can accept and see what the universe is uh what your intuition is pointing you to and what the universe wants you to see and so what i've been noticing is that those are the situations where you just like okay i just need to go with the flow to, to follow the least path of resistance the water flows right and then these beautiful things happen and and these these connections with people and and then i'm like aha okay so that's what i should have been doing all these years yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, i see it almost like um similar to to the way we eat in in a sense where you know to to eat healthily i i think you know you just need to listen to your body right but the the thing is if you have years of practice of not listening to your body and teaching it to want you know junk food processed food basically you know poison in some sense then your body's going to send you mixed signals and when you're hungry it's going to tell you you know go eat a big mac instead of you know, go eat broccoli and rice or whatever it is. Um, so I, I feel like they're, depending on where you're at in your life, if you just say, okay, well, I just have to listen to what I want. Well, what do I want? Well, I want to like stay up all night watching Netflix and, and I don't get stoned all day. Like that, that's the deepest need that I can connect with, you know? And so I feel like there is, there is a process of sort of sorting through the, the superficial desires um, I, I think of it as like separating strategies from, from necessities, right? So the necessity that you might have behind, I don't know, hypothetically, Netflix and smoking pot is to feel calm, feel at peace, feel like you're in charge of your own reality, maybe, right? And the strategy you've chosen is Netflix and, and pot. And that's, you know, that might work for you in some ways, but it's probably not working in other ways, right? It's going to have unintended consequences later on. And so if, if we can do the work of sort of identifying what is the need behind the strategy I've adopted and what's another strategy that I can, I can use to get there. You know, I think that can, can help people a lot when they're at this, this place of confusion of like, yeah, but when I listen to myself, I just end up doing stupid things. And I, I really like what you say about the, like the purpose of the workshops that, that you're running is, is just getting people to to connect with something inside you know it's it's not about copying whim it's not about copying you or me or or ball jack or anyone it's just using different strategies different techniques to get that garbage out of the way and listen to what what we really need deeper down right on yes it's a platform for them to connect with themselves and realize that they need to do it. We can't do anything for them. We cannot heal them. We cannot get them out of that hole. But them realizing that they can do it is all we really need. Yeah. <laughs> they can go and they can do. It. And uh, and you know people come back and they ask more. They want more uh, techniques and and there's more. But yeah. get that get that base layer get that foundation in. and when you feel grounded in your foundation the roots are stable 
then the tree can grow and it can expand. There is no end to the expansion of human consciousness and developing yourself. I'm going to be doing it all my life. I'm nowhere. I didn't get anywhere. I'm changing. And I look at myself, you know, two, three years ago, five years ago, you know, last year, you know, I changed, I grew, I learned, you know, and I'm still learning and I will be doing it for the rest of my life. And that's how it's going to be. Yeah. And just knowing that it's it's all about the journey, it's all about the path. It's not about getting anywhere. Everything always changes, and everything is temporary. You know where things happen. You know where we're living. This uh, we're immortals. You know, fortunately, you know life is life, and it's filled with those happy moments, and it's filled with those sad moments, and for all of us. There's no getting around it. You know, uh, pain is, I think it's, what's it called? Pain is optional. No, pain is unavoidable, but suffering is optional. Yeah. So, you know, what What are the tools that we have to deal with the, with the pain and with the setbacks? And... Yeah, tell me tell me these tools. What, uh, uh-huh. I mean, well, you can't, don't want to give away all your secrets, but. But tell me, tell me a little bit, you know, what, uh, imagine I I've gone to your workshop, had an amazing breathwork experience connected with some, some deep emotions. I didn't really know were there. I was really scared to go into the ice because I'd never done it before. Um, but at the same time, I just really wanted to get a selfie. So I decided to do it and, and it was amazing. came out full of adrenaline, super pumped. And then, you know, like a week later, I send you an email. I'm like, hey, Yuri, it was an amazing experience. But, you know, my job sucks. And I don't know. Life just isn't that great. Like, what, what can I do? What can I do? Ooh, what can you do? So you can do the simple things, right? So you can't quit uh, drinking Coca-Cola, watching porn, uh, eating McDonald's, uh, watching Netflix all day, smoking pot, and the list goes on and on all at the same time. So you need to start cutting some of those things out little by little, right? A couple of things at a time and you kind of go back, you make a couple of steps forward and you take a couple of steps back, a few more steps forward and a few steps back. And I, that's the progression as you kind of go into phases or I'm eating McDonald's sometimes now, I'm eating, drinking Coca-Cola very rarely. Now I'm never drinking you know, Coca-Cola and, and, and it just progress slowly. And so what I offer people is the most simplest, the freest things is, you know, eat good food, drink plenty of water, get rest, get plenty of rest, um, get sunlight, move, you know, work out, work in, get a balancing of those two aspects. Work out, work in. Right, so it's a it's a it's a Paul check uh, check institute teaching that, and it always made sense to me. But this is the structure around it, right? So it's not all about going go 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 and working out and pushing your limits and yeah, like just every day five times seven days a week in the gym like I used to do and burned out injuries and all that stuff. It happens all the time. It's it's having the balance between the two and working out and then having working in exercises and working in can be walking, riding your bicycle, Tai Chi, um, you know, in yoga, 
the list goes on and on. Any or even exercises that you're doing slowly with your breath. Anywhere where you're not raising your heart rate and you're getting in more than you're putting out. Okay. So having that balance, that yin and yang of those, that modality in your exercise program is super important. It'll make all the difference. So you'll have a lot more energy. Your body will have time to recover. On and on and on, right? So it's, it's all about the balance and the breath, right? How important is the breath? It is the most important. There's nothing more important than the breath in your health. And if you're breathing incorrectly, and if you have a dysfunctional breathing pattern, that's where you should start fixing your dysfunctional breathing pattern and then see what happens in, you know, three to six months or even a month. See how you feel. See, maybe your pains are going away. Your back pain is not so bad or your digestive problems have gone. And, um, you know, cold exposure and, uh, and fasting and sauna and all these things that I talk about that I, these are the tools they're free or most of them that most of us have access to, but we're just not using them. So there are ways to get your body in balance and harmony. There, there are ways to detox yourself, to feel good. And when you start feeling good, you start losing weight, you start having more energy, and then you can do, you can build on that. And then you can fix your, deep back issues or your knee problem or your your hormonal disbalance or whatever it is that you're having but those basics are essential and i start with those tools those basic tools sounds good man it sounds really good oh another one for you Hmm. what you probably do all the time going out barefoot in nature right yeah. You go outside and barefoot in nature and boom, you're connected to Mother Earth, all the mycelium in the ground, and you're part of the network now. Mm. You just have to realize it. You have to intentionally know that that's actually happening, not just, oh, I'm just going. No, you're connecting to Mother Earth. You're really feeding off the energy. You're recharging your batteries. You go down, uh, lay down on the ground and do a mist you know, five, 10 minute meditation and see what it does for you. I mean, I go into the forest and, and uh, within a day, my nervous system is reset because the frequency of the trees and, and the forest, you just tune into it and it overtakes you. It's much different from the frequencies in, in the city. So nature, nature is the answer to a lot of our health issues and, we forgot that we need to get connected to nature. Go be in nature. Leave the phones behind, the technology, and just breathe in that fresh air and listen to the birds and the trees and be by yourself. No talking. Being, feeling, enjoying, not doing. Yeah, yeah that's medicine, man. Medicine, for sure. yeah. So you, you said something there about the the mycelium connecting with it, and it's something I've I've definitely experienced the power of doing a practice while visualizing in a certain way versus just doing it right. So f- for you know walking barefoot, if you're walking barefoot, seeing yourself connect with the mycelium, or just walking barefoot, the experience is totally different. The same thing with an ice bath, you know, if you're, if you just get in the ice and get out, 
that's one thing. But if you get into it connecting with your inner fire or connecting with your inner strength or, you know, whatever, whatever sort of framework you want to, you want to use, the experience is totally different. And that for me is something that's, it's really interesting for, for two reasons. One, because it's so powerful and two, because I can't explain it. Right. So in, in all of this stuff with heat, cold, fasting, uh, ayahuasca, psilocybin, all this stuff, like there are scientific studies, some worse, some better than others. Um, but we can explain almost all of what's happening to some degree in scientific terms. As far as I know, there's no way scientifically to explain why visualization is so powerful. Like, why is it that when I see myself connecting to the mycelium, I'm actually connecting to the mycelium. And if I don't see myself doing it, I'm not, you know, is it, is it all just placebo effect? Like what, what's going on? You know, I don't know. Do you have, do you have an answer to that? <laughs> yeah, I have an idea, you know, cause uh, I feel that if we are imagining something in our mind, we're thinking about it. If we're kind of, you know, and I use this kind of, it's, it's one of the tools that I use. I call it the, um, um, the virtual, virtual situation. So you know how you have uh, physical servers and you have virtual servers and you can just spin something up in the virtual environment and, and then wipe it off uh, just like that and do it again. So in your mind, I can go into a situation and, and relive that situation in the future as if it already happened. And the mind doesn't, doesn't really know if it's really happening or if it happened. So once you start thinking about it and really connecting and focusing on that thought, like, you, like you're talking about the mycelium, you're actually living it real time. It's happening just because you're able to imagine it with your mind. Yeah, so your brain doesn't differentiate between experience like input from the outside or input generated internally right on okay. right on but that's that's how i feel it, it works because it's so powerful i mean i've had projections and dreams and, and they've they've happened they've manifested so i know it to be true and if you um just you know practice this and um you can you can uh, do some incredible things with your life yeah yeah, I mean, for, for me, the the most obvious and easily accessible uh, version of that is is with the cold. You know, it's like if you don't prepare and you just kind of get into the ice, uh, just to kind of see what happens. Like, I don't know, maybe a minute, a minute max. Um, but if you, the same person, no experience, if they go in after breath work, you know prepared mentally and visualizing their inner fire and visualizing how it heats them up and seeing the flames like rising up their chest and, and, and filling their body with, with heat and light. Like they can, I've had people first ice bath in their entire lives be in there for almost 20 minutes, you know, at wow, maybe, Incredible. you know, uh, 34 degrees or, or two degrees, you know? Um, and it's, it's insane to me. It's just like the mind is so powerful. It's so powerful, you know, it's just, uh, you know, a few hours of, of prep and bam, it's like another, it's another reality, you know, just the, just with that visualization, just with the power of the mind. And it's, it's endlessly fascinating to me because it's like, we don't know the limits of that, you know, 
we, I mean, just, just saying it, most people call you crazy, you know, they're just like, yeah. what the hell are you talking about? You know, there's, there's no way to explain that. There's no, you know, show me the evidence. It's like, well, try it, get in the ice bath and you'll see, you know, that's, that's the only evidence I have, you know, and it's, but you can see it in so many different other realms with, with doing like physical exercise as well. In the, in my yoga practice, I like to, to hold poses for, for a long time. So, mm -hmm. you know, 25 breaths, 50 breaths, like pretty, pretty intense mm -hmm. and, and keeping the breath solid and constant, um, and using that, the breath as a, as sort of a vehicle for the visualization. So as you inhale, see energy coming in, as you exhale, send it to, you know, wherever, wherever you need that energy, if it's, you know, you're feeling tension or pain or whatever. And again, it's this inexplicable uh, phenomenon that happens consistently where like, you know, you can be in, in warrior one for, for five minutes and it's intense, but when you start sending the, the breath there and sending your energy there, it's like, I can do this. Like it's, it's okay. And the muscles relax and it's just, I just, I don't know. I'm astounded again and again, the, the amount of potential we have that like, that we, we don't tap into on a, on a daily basis. And it's like, where, where could this take us? You know, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. It's all mindset. You know, Wim Hof method, it's through three pillars, but when it comes down to it, it's all mindset. Uh, when you practice long enough, you realize that you, know, you don't need to do the breath before the cold. And you just, you just do you. You just connect and that you already know you can do it. You already done it. It intertwines your, your mind with your, your with your soul with your with your whole being and then you just there you like you said to, we don't have any we don't know what the limits are right and uh we have all these inspiring people showing us how uh, they're breaking all these barriers and limits and uh, setting all records of sitting in the cold i i personally don't have any any desire to break any world records but um but these people are definitely inspiration to me to, to show that all of this is possible. And uh, I like to find the middle ground somewhere. Not too much, not too little, but I do like to push my boundaries. And I, look, I like to experiment and see what's behind door number one and door number two and door number three. <laughs> but yeah, our mindset is, uh, is, is the tool. Is the tool. It's a, it's a powerful tool. And we're just learning how to use it, right? We're just going with it and like, oh, this works. Oh, that worked. Oh, should, I should try this now. See if this will work. And that's how it all kind of unravels, right? Just through experience, through trying. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing it as as a process of, of like playful experimentation. You know, I think it in this sort of world of, I don't know, self-improvement or understanding or growth, whatever you want to call it, things can get so serious a lot of the times. And people will say like, this is the method, this is the way, buy my book, take my course or, or you know, whatever it is. People get dogmatic and, and crazy. Um, and it's like, I think it's so fundamental to keep that attitude of just like, let's just try it and see, you know, and have fun with it. And if it works for you, great. And if it doesn't work for you, like, well, that's great too. You know, you learned something anyway, go, go try something else. And, and it seems so fundamental to me to not get dogmatic or attached to any one particular way and, and just 
just yeah approach it like you said it's just it's just an experiment you know give it a try and see if it works and that's that's the way to do it it's the only way i know to do it because what works for me may not work for you and why uh, the other way around yeah and so the only way to find out what works for me is for me to try and you know there's a lot of teachers out there there's a lot of uh bogus teachers out there there's a lot of fluff for sure and finding the authentic ones has has definitely been like my uh, my not my my goal is to to recognize the authenticity in the teachers that i that i pick and that i want to learn from them yeah and that's what i recommend for for our viewers is to to feel it with your heart you know because the mind though there can be a lot of promises and, and people say a lot of things and and they'll get rid of this and get rid of that and help you with this. And it's just a lot of fluff out down there. So find, find the authentic ones. And, and how, do you uh, do how do you do that? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, I feel like I, I see a reflection. I, I see a reflection uh, of myself in them. And I recognize them. Mm. And I just feel them. Mm. I feel, uh, the energy how about you well i i don't know it's a i'm not sure really how to answer it i think one possible rubric would be someone who is not interested in having you follow them someone who's interested in teaching you or helping you to follow yourself on a, on a deeper level. Um, Cause ego gets so wrapped up in this game. You know, anytime anyone's going to someone else for advice, there's a, there's an inequality there. You know, one person's looking for advice, the other person's giving it. One person's looking for help, the other person's giving it. And, and when people get into that position of consistently being the one who provides the help, who provides the ice, uh, the advice, who who gives the answers. Um, I think it's really easy for that person to start feeling like they're invincible. They know everything. They've got all the answers, and they can they can lose sight of of the real goal, which is helping people to find their own way. You know, and so instead of helping people to find their own way, they just start saying, you know, come follow me on my way. And I think that's that's something I'm personally very, very aware of and try to avoid it when I see it in other people and definitely try to, to not let that come up in myself. You know, when people, when people want me to do their work for them, basically, it's just like, I can't do that, man. That's not, that's not what I'm here for. You know, I can, the most I can do for you is help you to see a little bit further on your own path. And, and maybe the things I've learned or some of the techniques I know, like maybe they can help you. I think they probably can, but not help you to be like me. They can help you to be more like you. I think it's, I'm, I'm very, very cautious around people who don't seem to have that line very well drawn. You know, um, part of that, I mean, that comes from, from my upbringing. I, I 
grew up in California. Um, there's sort of a community or commune, or I don't really know how to classify it, but there was definitely, there was a hierarchy there. There were, there were leaders and there were followers, there were teachers and there were students, you know, and, and I saw that dynamic go bad in, in a lot of ways. Um, and I think everyone involved was, was an equal participant. There were people just willing to, to give everything. And there were other people willing to take it, you know, and it's, it's not a good situation on, on either side of that game, you know, and, and it's just, it's something that it scares me when I, when I see that happening and I see it a lot, you know, with, with psychologists, with therapists, with, uh, breath work, with yoga, whoever it is, someone there's, there's such a, a strong human desire to like put yourself up on a pedestal and be like, yes, come worship me. I, I will bestow knowledge upon you. You know, it's just like, and fuck that. Like, that's not, that's not what it's about. You know, you, you might know a little bit more than someone else and that's great, you know, but, but the second you, you allow your ego to get in the way, it's like, you're no longer being a teacher. You're just a charlatan. You know? And, and I, I don't know, you, you know, Terrence McKenna. Yeah. He's got a, a really good uh, talk. It's just called reject authority you can, can look for it on YouTube, but it's just like, you know, the, all the religions and traditions and stuff, they're, they're shell games. It's not, it's not the real thing. Like you want a real teacher, like go sit in front of a waterfall. Like, that's a teacher. And it's just the most that any of us humans can do for another human is just help them to find their own way. Exactly. Help them on their way. Nice them along, yeah. you know show them a door and they have to go through the door. It's how I learned that, uh, you know, the best, the best teachers were the authentic teachers in my life were like that. And that's when I recognized them and, and I knew that the authentic ones are like that, that they don't really teach you. They don't really give you uh, anything, but they do share and they do, they do guide you. They guide you along and they, they will answer questions, but not from uh, the ego, from the heart. And those are the best ones. So look for those, Eric. Yes. How you put it. I agree 100%. Yes. So I'm, I'm curious about this, uh, the plant medicine experience, right? So, so when you were describing it, you said you came to this realization that, you know, there is no God. God is inside of me. I am everything. Uh, I mean, I, I don't remember exactly, you know, word by word, but but it's it's this sense of of unity, right? Of letting go of the ego, letting go of my small notion of who I am and what I need, and accepting some sort of greater sense of self. You know, the more inclusive. It's not about it immediate impulses it's about some sort of deeper understanding some sort of deeper connection is that, is that a fair way to put it yeah. yes it's a it's a good way to put it um it took a long time um but that was probably the biggest um the biggest layer I had to shed is, is the religions, the religious layer, 
the realization that um, I'm free. I'm free to live my life however I want to live my life. And nobody can tell me or nobody can actually show me how to be happy. And I'm the only one who can who can make myself happy and it's not going to be my mom who would uh, drag me into the church and make me do all these things and and it's not going to be in the synagogue where I went to yeshiva when I was like, you know, from 10 to 12, I think, when I just came to the country. And my dad just put me there because it was private school and he knew no better. And although he's not religious, but what they were doing there was was religious. And uh, I rebelled it. You know, I, 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 it wasn't in my heart. And what had happened uh, through my journey with plant medicine is that I started you know letting go well I, I started really connecting to my heart and and really taking what I had already felt for one and then I started getting rid of all those little OCDs like if I don't put a candle then God won't forgive me if I don't uh, put a you know cross on my before I leave the the apartment something bad is gonna happen to me or I'm not protected. So all those prog- all those things that were so programmed in me, or if I didn't wear a cross, uh, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not protected. Or all these things, all those little things that were still had me, still programmed into me, I was getting rid of them. I was like, hey, I don't need, I don't, I don't need it. <laughs> I don't need it. I feel good like this. I, I feel I'm protected. I know I'm protected and I don't need this thing or uh, the father to bless me to say that I'm your forgiven son now. Thank you for coming and putting a deposit into the box here. It was just uh, a realization like, hey, bye. <laughs> um, have a good life. I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to do my thing. But and I see a lot of people going through it. It's the toughest one. It is the toughest one. It is like, you know, that was life-changing for sure. I don't know what else to say, Eric. I can say a lot, but maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, so it's through, through plant medicine that you, you sort of came to that realization over time. And so that was what the kind of the tool that helped you to move away from, from that upbringing, from that sort of programming well it's the love <laughs> you know uh, uh, i realized that the true religion is being human mm. and then you can sit in meditation all day and and be all this holy and wear all these holy clothes and grow a beard but if you're not just really connected with your family if you're not you know if you don't have a good relationship with your wife or with your friends what what, what good is all that doing for you i mean does it even make any sense? So number one, being just a human, just being, you know, compassion or you know, I'm not saying I'm not perfect. I have my, my moments and I get angry. And sometimes I say, you know, things that are offensive. It's part of me and I'm constantly working to uh, better myself, but I'm, I'm having these realizations. I'm coming back to the big picture, you know, more and more quickly. And it's, 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 it's a, it's a practice. They were like, oh, sh- I shouldn't have said that or that might have hurt that person by me saying that. And 
just being more human, just being more uh, receptive, and being like non-judgmental, and being like, okay, you know, there's a place for this person to act out like that, and who am I to judge him or say that he's wrong? I don't know what he's going through. He may be, he may have just, you know, broke up with his wife or had a, somebody in his family died. I don't know. Things, you know, all things can happen and people can get angry. They say angry things. They may have, they may be in an abusive relationship, you know, they may have an abusive father, mother, all these things there, they exist. Unfortunately, in our environment, in our society, so having that understanding and just being human, being open and and being loving is my, my religion. I don't think I need anything more 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 uh, more structured than than that. Yeah. To tell me what what how I need to live my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <sighs> so that's that's kind of your your guiding light. The... Yeah. That, that the truth inside my heart when I feel it to be true and the truth is the you know the relationships right the the love mm-hmm. and my life the relationships in my life is 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 my life is is really the treasures and it, it's why I live my life it's why I'm happy because I have uh, beautiful friends and you have a beautiful family and, and I'm able to connect with people and by connecting with people everything just seems to to work and work itself out because when when i'm in trouble when i need help i can i definitely have somebody to call and and i i will get some help and that ha- doesn't happen often but it does sometimes and uh, i'm grateful for that you know for that to have that com- connection and it's not about having a lot of money or having a big house and although it's all good you know desires are good i want a bigger house uh, we live in an apartment right now i uh I, uh, I have some desires and, and I'm going to fulfill them for sure because one life, my friend, one life. What, do you, what am I going to do with it, right? So what am I going to do with, with the extra money or, or whatever comes my way? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something really great with it and something really awesome. Yeah. Tell me, tell me how you feel about uh, religion, Eric, and uh, I would, I would love to hear your your take on it and and your journey with uh, plant medicine and yeah. share a little bit about yourself. I would love to hear your perspective. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't I didn't grow up in a religious household. Um, I was exposed to a lot of different religions, but almost in a sort of anthropological sense. It was like, okay, go to synagogue and see what that's like. Okay, go to Catholic church and see what that's like. Go to Protestant church and see what that's like. So I think, yeah, from a very early age, it was it was presented to me as like, well, these are interesting ideas, you know, do what you want with them. So I think in, in that sense, I was never, never believed in God or or any sort of, external power or or structured way that I have to comply with in order to get to to heaven however you want to define that um, so I feel like in, in that sense pretty lucky uh, mm-hmm. but but on the other hand I feel like there was a bit of a disadvantage because in my environment growing up in you know more or less liberal California um, 
there was a lot of dismissal of of religion and with religion spirituality or any sort of sensitivity toward that realm of experience right it's sort of i think for a long time i thought of it as just kind of like a sign of weakness or stupidity or confusion or something like that and was was kind of dismissive of that whole sort of realm of experience superstitious and you know what's the point and it's taken me a long time to to get over that sort of skepticism and cynicism and open myself up to to this whole other world of i don't know um I mean, for me, it's, it's, it always starts with the body and it starts with just lived experience and, and through different practices like yoga, like breath work, like plant medicine, all these, all these different things, connecting with other aspects of the self, which I don't see as, as higher than the self. I see it as deeper than our conscious mind. Right. So to me, the, the history of organized religion is like the history of confusing our inner truth for some external truth and and confusing my native intelligence for some god or some deity that i have to connect with you know and, and to me that's that's just a fundamental confusion that's incredibly widespread you know it's not about going to the temple and praying to this person or giving them these offerings it's about like there is there's is something deeper than the conscious mind there's something more powerful but for me it's always within us it's not outside and, and there's no priest or guru who can give that to you you know it's it's about going deeper within always and and that's the way i understand plant medicine that's the way i understand breath work uh you know wim Hof method saunas whatever it is it's all about letting go of the ego letting go of our sort of rational analytical constructs and just connecting with the deeper truth that we have inside beautiful aho my friend I'm with you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's the subconscious. Our subconscious. Uh, so much there in the subconscious. And confusing. I loved how you said that. It's just a confusion between internal and, and external and externalizing all this. And if you do this, then you're going to have this. If you do that, there's, there's the, the if-and statements. Too many. Too many conditions. Yeah. God is unconditional. God does not want anything from us. God wants us to be happy. There's no conditions in God. And if you see these conditions popping up in your religion, then ask yourself, is that the true, the true God? Does hmm. true God want, is there any conditions for him, for you, for him or it or, you know, God? Yeah, yeah. Right on, brother. Right on, I'm with you. Well, let's see. Um, well, I wanted I wanted to ask you about being a father, and how does that connect to your your process of, of growth? And you know, what is how does that play into things for you? Oh, you know, this is uh, it's my life. You know, my kids. I love, I love my kids. I have two boys, ages eight and four and a half, and they're so different. They're, they're different personalities. And 
and I just love watching them grow. I love watching them develop and and uh, uh, how much they're teaching me. They're teaching me so much. It's, uh, first of all, it's, it's love, you know, um, they just love you. Regardless, you can you can be very strict with them or, or, or anything. They'll still love you. They'll come back and you're their father, you know, you're, you're their parent. And so becoming a father totally changed my life. And uh, I'm glad, I'm happy that I did it when I was older. I was 33 when uh, we had our first child. And then I was mature and ready enough to, to be a father and to start a family and to be present with them. And, and back uh, when Victor, our first son, was born two weeks, I was working in this other company. Um, and uh, two weeks before he was born, I got laid off from uh, this job that I had, good job. And of course, I was uh, a little nervous because, you know, I had a new family and I was, you know, going to be a father. And, but it turned out to be an incredible blessing in disguise because I um, got to spend eight months uh raising Victor with my wife and she was still uh, in the university at the time and we were doing it together and it was the best eight months of my life and I'm so happy that I got laid off from that job because later I got a better job much better job and more money and all those, those things and 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 so that experience of uh, being with him and my wife for the first eight months I realized that I cannot miss a day of their lives and whatever work I'm going to do and I have to be there for them. And so I was very fortunate uh, to uh, be able to work with my wife and always at least having one of us there and then working from home and getting, picking them up from school, taking them from school and just being with them and watching them grow is, is, is the gift. So I would not trade it for any job, for any money. Uh, and I, encourage you future fathers and, and mothers to you know be present with your children and at least when they're young because you cannot get this time back um it is a one time in life opportunity uh take it and really embody it and live it and embrace it and enjoy it because it is so giving and it's so incredible Ooh, i think we need to have another kid <laughs> 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 oh, but I, you know, I love my kids and uh, I love uh, playing with them because they're boys. Their their favorite game is let's attack that, and they they just they 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 go and uh, they have a little talk, and then they rush into the room and they jump on me, and then they start beating up and wrestling on me, and <laughs> that's what we do every day. <laughs> <laughs> and how how does being a father and and seeing your kids see you, how has that played into your process of, of development? You know, this, this, this slow but steady process of moving, moving toward a deeper connection with yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's an experience and it's an incredible experience to, to watch your kids grow and then they ask you things like, oh, what do you do? 
what do you do? Where are you going now? Or what are you doing in your life? Where have you been? And I'm sharing with them where I've been there and I did this. And, and then, um, you know, I started this group on Facebook. Uh, it's called Wake Up Brooklyn. It's called Exposure Group. I started last year and then started get you know, whoever wants to come out to do ocean plunges, come out. And then people started coming from the neighborhood, from other neighborhoods. And before you know it, there was a lot of people coming and my kids were coming with me and they were watching. My wife was watching. And before you know it, the kids started coming into the water too. <laughs> and then my wife followed and little by little, it became a family thing where we just, we go out uh, in the winter time to the ocean to meet up with our Wake Up Brooklyn uh, club, with our community. And uh, the kids would go in whenever they want. And sometimes they would go in, sometimes they won't. Sometimes they just play around and uh, seeing them being around and watching them and being part of it feels good, Eric. Yeah. feels good. Uh, it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, it's like that, you know, doing something right. That's how it feels. Yeah. Yeah, I know that feeling. I know that feeling for sure. For sure. That's, I mean, that to me is, is like probably when I feel the most certain that I'm doing the right thing. It's like, if I see my son learning from me and I see that he's, he's on his path, you know, then it's like, okay, then yeah, this is good. This is right. And so, so many times I feel like, that experience of like by watching my son and watching him watch me, it's almost like that's how I know if I'm doing it right. You know, when, when he's good, I know I'm doing it. Okay. And, and if he's got something going on, it's like the first place I look is, is myself. You know, it doesn't, it's not always coming from me. It can be something with his friends or with his mom or whatever, but it's always like such a, a reliable mirror. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, and when you get it right and we see our kids like get inspired and get energized and and discover new things it's such an amazing feeling you know it's just like yeah you know that's great it's beautiful yeah and, you know they're always watching they're always soaking it in even when they're like rejecting your teachings in front of you yeah. you'll see that when you're not around where like my my oldest is schooling the youngest like he'll reject me but he'll school he'll teach him the same things i'm telling him so they're soaking everything in and you know it everything is uh everything is working eric you know the the energy and the love that you put into being your father a good father it everything counts and it's all going and being deposited in the in the right bucket yeah yeah for sure yeah how old is your boy now he's six 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 yeah yeah and i've uh similar sort of dynamic like i, I never push him to do anything you know but I, I let him be there and he watches and he gets more and more interested and you know he'll try try a little bit of the breath work or you know he'll do like a couple of yoga poses or or whatever and i just let him do it do it at his own pace you know but it's i think the the most important thing beyond any sort of specific technique or, or discipline is I want him, I want to set him the example of 
living a life of of integrity of you know following what what you really want and what you really need you know being obviously with with respect and kindness and and consideration for for other people but but being true to yourself you know and and every time I find myself sort of compromising on that or doing something that isn't in complete alignment with what I really want or what I really need. My first thought almost always is like, oh shit, like setting a bad example. You know, it's like I can put up with a lot of bullshit. You know, I can I can work my way through a lot of suffering and a lot of just, you know. Um, let me put it this way. If I didn't have a son, I think I would be in a very different place right now because I am, I learned from a very early age to put up with a lot of stuff. And I just told myself like, I'm strong enough. I can deal with it. It's not a, it's not a big deal. And, and I, that was a way to not listen to myself and not take care of myself, you know, but, but when I see myself setting that example for my son, like, I know I don't want him to do that. I want him to take care of himself. I want him to listen to his emotions and to listen to his needs. It's like, there's no way he's going to learn that unless I teach him by my example. It's like, mm. better start right now. You know, there's no... He's only going to be six once. You got to set him a good example right now. And that for me has been such a, a powerful motivator. Yeah. I love it. I love how you um, just said that it's uh, uh, they hold us accountable. They make us more mature. They make us more responsible, more aware of our actions. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever do you ever bring them to your to your workshops? Have they come to any any workshops? I mean, I know you you've been traveling around a lot, going to you know, California and other places, but have you, have you done any? In, in I have done I maybe three or four here in New York. Um, the recent one was in Long Island okay. here. Um, uh, friends, he's a uh, Stevens. He's also a Czech coach in his uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school. And, you know, Brooklyn has been an interesting animal for me. No, I, I know a lot of people here in New York and I have uh, sort of uh, old friends and all these acquaintances, uh, that are, and a lot of them are, for some reason, are um, not very open to uh, experiencing these modalities. Brooklyn is a little bit like a, like a hard nut. <laughs> I would re- describe it. People are very like, I'm doing this. And what you're doing here is just mad <laughs> cold water. <laughs> I'm good, my friend. I have my couch and my tea. Um, but California has been like, hey, come, you know, these studios are inviting me and they're saying, yeah, let's do it. And it's been very welcoming and the different, the energy has been very different in Cali for me. So it's been interesting for me to observe it and, and just see, uh, I'm from New York, you know, I, I'm here. I've been doing my thing here for a while. But it's like, uh, I don't know, I got to like work for it and then really find the right places and who wants to, uh, you know, partner with me. And um, yeah, so I'm kind of just uh, watching and now I have the opportunity to go to Hawaii. I'm going to Hawaii in October to do some uh, workshops there and then uh, Detroit. Mm -hmm. And then I'm sure some other places uh, will be interested to uh, work with me and I'm open to uh, traveling and, and spreading the message of health and love.
Yeah, man, you gotta come out here. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, spend. well, me and you are gonna do something together for sure, Eric. Just yeah. a matter of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. definitely going to come out and visit you. Uh, what yeah. part of Spain are you at? It's like up in the north, um, near I don't know San Sebastian, Bilbao. It's like right up near the the border with France, um, just right on the coast. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a nice place. I'm sure. Nice I'm place. sure. I mean, I've been to Spain a couple of times, and uh, I love it. I love Europe. I love traveling. But that's yeah. on my um, that's one of my intentions to travel. But not only travel, travel with my family, and uh, not work, but enjoy life. You know, this doesn't really feel like work to me. I'm really enjoying myself. Uh, I am giving a lot of energy, and I certainly feel depleted, or uh, kind of when I need to recharge my batteries and be alone after doing all these workshops. But I love yeah. doing them. Uh, just really really um, enjoying uh, connecting with people it's a beautiful feeling you know yeah definitely definitely cool man well maybe maybe we can leave it there for now yeah, yeah. um it's been yeah. uh, it's been yeah. a pleasure and such an, an honor to be your guest and thank you so much for um for inviting me uh i've been missing you i've been you know in my heart i've been thinking about you you come up in my consciousness quite often. I remember the times that we had in Poland and I see what you're doing now. Uh, I'm just, brother, I just see so much light and uh, you're an incredible person and you are already doing some incredible things and what you're going to do next. I mean, I mean, that's what I want to see. I want to, I'm excited to see what you're going to do next. Thank you. Thank you, Yuri. And yeah, the feeling feeling is definitely mutual, man. I think we had a really good connection and and yeah, got a lot of respect for for what you're doing and the path you're on. And it seems like you're doing some some really great stuff. So so yeah, we'll just we'll have to to join up and and collaborate and keep learning from each other. Sure. For yeah. sure, Eric. For sure. For sure, my brother. Thank right. you so much. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Love you, thank my you. friend. Love you too. Till next time. All right. Take care. You can find Yuri on Instagram at openmind underscore inc. That's I-N-C. Or on his website, evolvewithyuri.com. Yuri is spelled Y-U-R-Y. And also on the Wim Hof instructor listing at www.wimhoffmethod.com slash instructors slash Yuri Opendick. Yuri, just like before, and Opendick, O-P-E-N. D-I-K. Anyway, the links will be in the show notes. And Yuri is just, I don't know, an incredible instructor. Um, he's been doing workshops all around the States, and he's been getting some really amazing reviews. So there's there's definitely something going on there. If you get the opportunity, definitely sign up and uh, experience what, what he has to offer.